Welcome back, Soul Warriors, to the next level. I'm your host, Aaron Brunn. Grab your Bibles and open up to Luke 9, verses 1 through to 9. And we're going to go deeper now into our high calling. And in order for us to do that, the Lord has to activate the 12 ways within us. Now, why do I say 12 ways? Because the, the text that we're going to read is talking about the activation of the 12 apostles, which are 12 ways. If we, if we think about it, there really is no other way to celestial life, to heavenly life, to freedom and salvation, than through God manifested in human form, the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord appointed 12 disciples to indicate to us that to get to New Jerusalem, to get to the heavenly city, the city of God, there are 12 ways in which he works within us. 12 gates, three on either side, north, south, east, and west. And at their foundation are the names of the apostles. In Apocalypse Explained 4.30, it tells us that the Lord's 12 apostles had the same representation as the 12 tribes of Israel. Namely, they collectively represent the church. And each one of those apostles has some essential of the church. And it was for this reason that there were 12 of them. So beginning in verse 1, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So what I'm going to do now New Jerusalem has these 12 gates or these 12 ways in which we can come in. There's only one way into God. It's through the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are the 12 ways in which he gives us to, to work upon ourselves. And those 12 ways, he actually gives power to them, complete power to cast out devils. So all negative and evil states and the influence of evil spirits completely cast out. And to also cure diseases or any area inside us that's unwell, that's not working the way it should. And with that comes the declaration of the kingdom of God and the promise of healing us. So let me go through the 12 apostles. I've tried over the years to get to the spiritual meaning of the 12 apostles and I've managed to come so far and then some of them sort of escape me. And to get there, I've... I've managed to get there using John Elliott. Reverend John Elliott did a small work on the 12 apostles, a small booklet it's been made into, and I was able to use that to help kind of push myself to get to the rest of the full correspondences. Now, if you don't agree with any of these, that's fine. The, the Lord shows you something different. Go with that. But here's the best of my understanding of the 12 apostles and what they mean. So Simon Peter is faith, because Simon means to hear or hearing. And it's an obedience to what we know to be true. James is hope or power. It's that same faith now at work, doing something, doing good works. It's a manifestation of what is good or goodness at work, good works. John is love, all forms of love, charity and love. It's love towards the Lord, it's love towards the neighbor. It's love at work in our life. Andrew is innocence or obedience or a willingness to be led by the Lord, which is a little different to faith, the obedience of faith, obeying what we know to be true, teaching and right teachings. But it's a willingness. Andrew is a willingness to be led of the Lord. Philip means a lover of horses, literally. 
and it is a love for understanding the Word of God. It's wisdom. Philip is wisdom. Bartholomew means son of pharaohs, which I sort of understand meaning son of cultivation, son of a farmer. You might say, oh, John Butcher, son of the butcher. So Bartholomew means son of pharaohs, and it means a cultivating of good teaching and truth. Bartholomew means discernment. Thomas is questing or examination, self-examination and searching out the scriptures. It has a sense of positive doubt, doubts that we're allowed to have, questions we're allowed to have because they lead to positive godly outcomes. Matthew is devotion, especially towards truth. So it's a love of teaching, love of doctrine. It's a love of correction. It's a love of instruction. James, this is James the Lesser, son of Alphaeus, is service, a love of being of service to others. Simon the Zealot, this is the other Simon, there were two Simon who was called Peter, Petros, or Little Rock, upon, and who the Lord said he would build the church upon Petra, or the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. But this is the, the, the second Simon, Simon the Zealot. He means passion or desire especially for hearing God's voice, a passion to, to listen to the Lord. Judas, in that case, think of someone like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus was having a Simon the Zealot moment. That way was at work in her, and Martha was wanting to do her work. Jesus said, Mary has chosen a better thing. That's the zealot at work in us. Judas, son of James, means praise that has been born in our life out of the work of God, out of the power of God, and out of service. So look at the cases in sacred text where Jesus does an incredible miracle and the people can't help but erupt in praise and worshipping God. That's Judas, son of James, at work in your life. Then there is Judas Iscariot, the twelfth one, and that represents you know, death and transformation because angels don't see death, they only see transformation. This represents repentance and confession, self-examination followed by transformation, which brings praise. Judas, or Judah, praise, Iscariot. So repentance, confession, death and transformation. That's the 12. And they come in different lists in different Gospels. This list I've given you here is from Mark. And look at how it reads when you read it like a story. When you have real faith, it produces hope or power in you or good works. And you begin to experience love towards the Lord and the neighbor. You will find the innocence to be led forward by the Lord into greater wisdom and discernment and periods of questing and examining yourself and others in the scriptures. This leads to an increase in devotion and a love for the truth and corrects your life. It brings you into greater service and desire and passion to hear God's voice and your life will become filled with praise and you will experience self-examination followed by transformation, leading to more praise. That's how it kind of reads for me anyway, and I leave it to you to see what the other, other meanings to that can be. So here we have in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, the Lord sending out those 12 ways, activating those 12 ways within us, and that's where the power to cast out all negative states and to heal our ailments come. So then he says in verse 3, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And it's the text warning us to when these states are at work in us, any of those states, faith, hope, love, innocence, wisdom, discernment, 
questing, devotion, service to others, passion and desire, praise and repentance. When they're at work in you, don't that they should happen spontaneously. And when they do, don't allow the ego to take credit. You bring neither staves nor script nor bread, no money, nor two coats. Always allow the Lord the praise for those 12 ways when they're at work in you. Verse 4, And whatsoever house you enter, abide there and depart not. So whatever the Lord has spontaneously brought up for you today, abide there. Work on that. Don't wander too far from whatever the Lord's shown you. You woke up this morning or you know, throughout the day He's shown you stuff. Stay there and abide in that. Five, and whosoever will not receive you when you go out of the city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. Anytime you find anything inside you or outside of you that is trying to push against these 12 ways, know it's not of God. Reject it. Shake the dust off your very feet. Meaning, for example, something starts to bring up hopelessness in you. It's not the Lord. It's not one of the 12 ways. Hope. And the power that comes out of that hope are one of the 12 ways. So hopelessness is a sign that it's not from the Lord. You don't have to be mean or rude, but you can reject whatever it is you're hearing or experiencing. That's not a God. It's producing hopelessness in me. Dust it off your feet. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So these 12 ways are going to go deep within us now and do their work. Now Herod the Tetrarch, our ego... Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed, because that it was said of some that John was risen from the dead, some that Elias had appeared, and of others that one of the old prophets was risen again. So our ego is going to object to these ways and come up with excuses and justifications or wrong ideas or wrong concepts as why they shouldn't happen in our life. Herod said, John I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? And he desired to see him. So our ego is going to be confronted by the power of these ways and our ego is going to fall. Every evil spirit will be cast out and every sickness healed. Because the ego says, hang on, I've already rejected the literal sense of the word. That's beheading John. What is this? How is this working in my life? How is this manifesting power? What does it mean? And so the ego is being challenged. And that's verse 9 and that finishes the reading. So I want you to really think about that. Again, those 12 ways... Um, if they don't work for you, you know, dig yourself into scriptures. But for me, those 12 ways are faith, hope, love, innocence, wisdom, discernment, questing, devotion to truth, service to others, passion for hearing God's voice, praise God for the good that he's done in your life, and allow God to bring praise to God for the harsh or some of the more challenging repentance work that he's doing in your life as well. They're the 12 ways. Soul warriors, be strong, choose love, and I'll speak to you next time on the next level.